Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of my interview with Kathy Arnold, a dairy farmer up here in central New York, where we're talking about uh, kind of a crisis in the dairy industry, or a coming crisis in the dairy industry. And uh, we left the interview with, uh, I broke the interview up when we were talking about John Eichert and Farm to Table Talk. Uh, We're going to get back to that interview in just a second. Kathy sent me an email, uh, hey Dave, my bedtime reading last night is Hordes Dairyman. That's a magazine for dairy farmers. And they have an article entitled, Dairy Farm Numbers Slide 6.8%. That is from 2017 to 2018. New York State is down 6.3% to 4,190 dairy farms in 2018. So the loss has definitely accelerated from what it had been in many years. The last time the percent decrease was this big was in 2001, and that was a 7.3% loss. So there's a problem going on here. We're losing dairy farms. So let's get back to our interview with Kathy. We're going to pick up with the John Eichert, uh, where I was talking about John Eichert and the Farm to Table Talk. Here we go. So I'm going to jump back just a little bit. We're going to just to talk a little bit about uh, co-ops and what seems to be happening with the drop on number of dairy farms around the country. Uh, and I'm going to put in the posts in the show notes here, a link to another podcast. It's called Farm to Table Talk. And uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he interviewed a fellow by the name of John Eichard, yes. who was a farm economist. And for many years, uh, John was telling people, increase, 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 go into debt, buy, 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 increase the size of your farm. It's a commodity basis. And now, after I think he said 30 years of doing that, he looked up one day and said, I've been telling people the wrong thing for 30 years. And now he is promoting sustainability, reducing the size of farms because the big model isn't really working for the small farmer, dairy farms or otherwise. And I will post a note to that. Do you think that is what's happening in the dairy industry? Well, certainly there's been um, a huge... uh increase in the size of farms and with smaller farms just no longer being able to uh, compete. I mean, there's still some smaller farms out there, but a lot of them have transitioned to organic because of the better pay price and a somewhat better uh, profit, although that's not guaranteed at all. But <clears throat> I just saw a quote or a couple days ago by Brent of Aimpoint Research, he's the chief executive, saying that 20 years from now, vastly fewer but much larger farms will generate the lion's share of agricultural output. And I mean, that's, you know, you look, I think when I first came to this farm after my husband and I got married, that was 1980. In my little town of Truxton, we had 20-some farms, 22 or so farms shipping milk. Today, 40 years later, we have six. And I think the only reason we have six is because four of us are organic. But it just shows um, what's happening, the hollowing out of communities. Uh, I think here where we are, it's maybe not happening as badly as it is out in the Midwest, just because we have maybe more urban areas here that, you know, there's still a lot of people here that may not be farming anymore, but they have jobs 
out of Portland or Syracuse or whatever. But what happens when we have these huge mega farms, most of their, not all, but a lot of their labor, especially anything to do with cows, it's all immigrant labor. And many of them are undocumented. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can't, and they're not really able to participate in the community. Like if you had 10 small farms versus the one mega farm, you might have 10 or 15 people to be part of the local fire department or be on the community center board or be volunteering at the school. So with mega farms, you just have that hollowing out of people to make community and make community run, as well as the loss of of schools because with fewer people living in rural areas, there's fewer children, and um, uh, with that school-age population going down, schools get closed, and in most communities, the school is the center of the community, and once there's no school, um, that community... uh, is again just hollowed out. Yeah. Now you said the the large uh, the the big operations are using undocumented aliens, immigrants. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say almost all of them. Either that, or else they've gone to robots to milk their cows. But not not many have done that. But you know, if if, if all undocumented immigrants in New York State were um, disappeared tomorrow there would be so many cows in this state that would have no one to milk them most most smaller moderate sized farms are uh ha- have local labor mm-hmm. or just family labor but uh any large farm i know is just totally dependent on um on immigrant labor and because of the way the the, the situation is most of them are undocumented. Yeah, I don't want to get political here, but that, I don't know how to even say this, that uh, kind of poses a problem in our current political climate. I think it could, except that I think there's enough political pressure that uh, they know there would be such uh, destruction if uh, a lot of these immigrants uh, were detained or taken away. And I mean, they're, they're good workers, they're hard workers. You know, they don't have, a lot of them don't have family here, so they want to work 60 to 70 hours a week and send their money back to Guatemala or back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So another thing, if you have 10 farms, 10 smaller farms that are operating versus one larger farm, those 10 smaller farms are making more purchases from local machinery dealers. Their uh, their money is circulating in the community. Um, they're buying goods and services locally, whereas large farms, I mean, they have need to buy large equipment, so they may, they may search countrywide to find what they need instead of uh, buying local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and, just don't run up to the to the local tractor dealer and because and and buy a 
one of those combines. Those things are huge and expensive. Right. And so that, that ends up, the fewer farms there are, that means local agribusiness uh, dies out. We are so fortunate here where we are because we do have uh, still local machinery dealers and uh, support services. But there are many places, in even in this state, where people have to drive an hour or two hours to go to a machinery dealer to get parts because... Uh, that infrastructure, that agribusiness infrastructure has just hollowed out. That has a massive ripple effect right down through the economy then. It's not just the Correct. price of milk, it's the price of everything. Yes, right. Wow, that's crazy. So let's we'll start our wrap-up here. I think we've covered some interesting points that, that people should ponder. And again, I'm going to post the notes to that John Eichert interview, uh, which... Everyone that I know should listen to that because that's that was an eye opener for me. But let's get local here again. What can the average consumer do to help a dairy farmer or a crop farmer? Well, how do how do I go about supporting you as a farmer? Well, me personally as a farmer is probably going to Wegmans and uh, buying their organic milk and organic yogurt. That's on me personally. But I would say. Just in general, um, make sure that uh, you know the source of your milk. And there is a plant code stamped on every uh, container of milk. And for New York State, that plant code is 36, number 36. You can probably Google it, you know, plant, to, to find out where on the carton you can see that's usually like the top. Okay. But then you know that the milk was processed in New York and um, not shipped in from Colorado or Texas. Because that, that's one thing that's uh, happening here in the organic industry that's really a problem. We, here in the Northeast, we're not really making surplus organic milk. The problem is there are these mega organic, supposedly organic dairies out in Texas, Colorado, Idaho, that have thousands of cows on one facility, even though there's no possible way they can be meeting the minimum pasture requirements. Somehow their certifier is turning a blind eye, and that milk is displacing milk in the Midwest, like in Wisconsin and Michigan, so that milk comes here into New York, and, and maybe even some of that Texas and Colorado milk is making its way here. And actually, I know it is because a lot of the big uh, stores like uh, Walmart, they that's, that's, their milk is supplied by Aurora Organic Dairy, who has these mega farms all the way from trucks from Texas to Colorado. So make sure that you're buying a locally sourced product. Uh, there's a, a nonprofit called the Cornucopia Institute. If you're a consumer of organic milk, they have a dairy scorecard score where they score different uh, brands of milk for how well they support family farms. So that's something you could check out. But otherwise, you know, look for... Uh, a cooperative like Organic Valley or uh, a local business like um, 
a New York State business like uh, Maple Hill Creamery that does do 100% grass-fed milk, or um, Wegmans is supplying, you know, all their organic milk is coming from family farms. Yeah, there's a big difference uh, for people listening who aren't in the northeast, now in the northeast. Wegmans is a grocery chain that began in Rochester, New York, and has grown by leaps and bounds is I think it's still the number one place in the country people want to work for uh, when when asked uh, that question uh, that's a it's a huge difference between that and Walmart Walmart is noted for going back to their suppliers and saying yeah that's a good price but we if you don't give it to us for 10 percent less we're going to find somebody else and and that's it appears what they're doing with milk <laughs> so uh, and actually, they recently vertically integrated with milk. They have now, for conventional milk, they have their own processing plant and a number of uh, farms that used to ship to uh, Dean Foods have received uh, termination notices because Walmart no longer needs their milk because they're Dean Foods milk because they're going to uh, source it themselves and process it themselves. The other thing I do want to say here in terms of, you know, what is the state, the current state of dairy farms in New York, um, 60-some New York State organic dairy farms recently re- received termination notices. And we have... From the co-op? I, no, they weren't, they, they weren't with a co-op. Okay. If, if you belong to a co-op... You cannot be terminated unless you do something really egregious. But if you are just contracted by a non-cooperative business and your your contract runs out or you were just shipping milk to them without a contract, they can cut you off You know, at the end of your contract. Or if you didn't have a contract, they can really cut you off at any time. So I think most of these were given six months' notice, but... At a time when nobody's taking on milk, I don't know if 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 more than a few of them will be able to find another milk market and survive. They're kind of up the proverbial creek then. Absolutely. Wow. So that's going to send some ripple effect down through the line too. Will that be positive or negative for folks like yourself? Well, I think it's negative. Anytime um, we have farms in our state and region that have to go out of business because that's fewer farms to support our farm infrastructure. And uh, fewer fewer acres in organic, you know, probably a lot of the, could be some of these, then we'll get, if the farms have to be sold, they will get uh, purchased or by conventional farms or rented by conventional farms and uh, that acreage that was organic grass-based will uh, now see if they go conventional that probably fields will be plowed up and put into corn seeds and insecticides and so on so yeah it's it's a detriment to not only our industry but also to the environment yeah so it's a bad thing all around yes not a good idea. Now I'm going to back up just a second because we talked about vertically vertically integrated. 
and then there's operations like yourself who are who sell through cooperatives, and then independents like the 66 farms that you're talking about. Uh, can you explain to me the vertically integrated? How does uh, exactly what is that? Well, that that's the way uh, a lot of chicken and pork is now. That uh, let's see, I don't know who Tyson maybe uh, do they they do pork right? Tyson does uh, the, chicken. They do chicken. Okay, they have contract farms instead of farmers, chicken farmers, poultry farmers now owning their chickens and raising them and then selling them to uh, into a market. Now most all uh, poultry farms, especially that are raising meat birds, they're they're contract growers. Tyson supplies the birds, they supply the baby birds that they have to raise, they supply the feed, they tell them how they're going to do it. The farm just has to supply the facilities and the labor, and then Tyson tells them how much they're going to get paid. And then, you know, Tyson then continues on, uh, you know, to process that those birds and then put them into uh, the retail markets. Right, so, so it's it, one it, pretty it, much controlling everything from the egg to the chick to the chicken to the uh, bird in the package in the store. Right. And so basically what that means is Tyson's bringing the chickens or the eggs or the chickens into the farm. The farmer's raising them, getting paid so much to raise them, but the farmer doesn't own the chickens. They're just contracted to grow the chickens. Tyson's trucks come in, pick the chickens up, takes them to their own slaughter, cleans them, processes them, and then in their own trucks takes them to the store. Right. Yeah. And, And that's... That again, I'm going to refer back to the John Eichert uh, interview that I heard. Uh, that's what happened in dairy or in uh, poultry, pork, and beef, and that's from what he's saying is not a good thing. And this man's got 45 years plus in the business of farm economy, so that's kind of shocking. So yeah, and then the other thing I just uh, say to consumers is. Uh, beyond dairy is to look to support any local uh, vegetable producers, local grain producers. I mean, there's a, there are smaller farms, even new startups in the last few years that are doing uh, organic vegetables. They have CSAs. They go to farmer's markets. You know, we need to be supporting these type of producers. There's some uh, New York State grain producers. There's a uh, brand called Farmer Grown Grain. You know, if oh, we want, yes, yeah. if we want type of uh, farms to succeed, we have to support them with our dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, for people listening, go online and look up local. Uh, local vegetables, local farm markets, and buy from them. What we don't grow here. Uh, we purchase down the street uh, at a farm stand and greenhouse down there. Uh, we try to purchase all our milk uh, so it's local uh, as, as best we can. And uh, it's not a bad thing to do because it supports your community. And if you don't want your community to fall out from underneath you, that's probably the other thing that happened in recent years is a lot of farms have uh, started producing their own cheese. So there's a lot of, uh, different brands of 
of cheese made by farms in New York State. And I'm sure, you know, they're probably more expensive than Kraft or whatever, but uh, uh, supporting those uh, local cheese brands is also important. Right. Which brings me to, uh, I'm going to mention his name, uh, and it's Trinity Valley, which is just down the road from you. Uh, And he has taken, I shouldn't say he, but that family has taken a complete different route uh, to using their dairy products. They're a dairy farm. They have uh, uh, a very nice farm stand there, and they do cheese curd. I think they're doing yogurt. They're not doing yogurt yet. Uh, No, they have a processing plant where they're making their, they're processing their own uh, uh, regular milk and chocolate milk, making buttermilk. I think they do heavy cream now, half and half. Uh, so they, and it's low temperature pasteurization without homogenizing it. Yeah, and yeah. low, low um, temp pasteurization is, it's still pasteurized, but it's it's better than high temp pass. Right. So that's an interesting way that that, that particular dairy farm is, is dealing with the, uh, I'm going to use the word crisis, I think it is a crisis. Uh, Absolutely. So if you can find somebody like that, support them. Are you still there? I am. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you. I heard a click and then I thought I lost you there. Anyway, Kathy, thank you very much. Uh, I think what I'm going to do on this is uh, this went a little bit longer than normal, but it was a great conversation. I'm going to split this into two parts. So um, I I want people to hear this and I want people to be concerned about this because this is very... It's not a good thing. and uh, But again, I thank you for your time and uh, all the best to you in the future. And we'll be well, in touch. I have to come down and see the, the the new barn sometime. I've been saying that now for a year and a half, for a year. I, glad just, to around. Yeah. And I appreciate you uh, getting this topic out there in the public. Well, it needs to be talked about. And, and Absolutely. If I can do my small part in bringing it out, let's do it. So. But anyway, thanks again for joining us, Kathy. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, you're very welcome. Bye. Well, there you have it. Now, Kathy was just speaking about uh, how you can find out where your milk's coming from. I'm going to post a link in the show notes, and what you're going to be doing is you go to that link on the top of your milk carton or half and half or whatever milk product you have. There's a code, and it's generally it's two numbers a dash and four numbers maybe three numbers enter that code into the little find box and it's going to tell you where your milk came from i just looked at our half and half that we have in the refrigerator and found out that it comes from new jersey obviously just speaking with kathy in central new york we're not going to buy that brand anymore so have a look check where your milk's coming from and remember remember support your local dairy farms thanks for listening don't forget you can find us on instagram facebook YouTube, uh, it's all Clean Slate Farm. Uh, head on over and oh, check out our new website. We just revised the website, cleanslatefarm.com, and we appreciate your listening. Thanks very much. Bye bye.